For our text tonight, we'll read from the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. Read in chapter 2, beginning at verse 11, verse 11 through verse 18. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I arose in the night, I and some men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain, and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then went I up in the night by the brook, and viewed the wall, and turned back, and entered by the gate of the valley, and so returned. And the rulers knew not whether I went, or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. And I said unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. More than a hundred years before Nehemiah's arrival to Jerusalem, Jerusalem had been ransacked by the Babylonians, and most of the Jews had been taken captive away to Babylon, which was about a thousand miles away. A few had been left, and some had more recently returned with Ezra, just a few years prior to Nehemiah's arrival. Nehemiah was born during the time of captivity. And by this time, there was a new administration. He was working for the Persian king as his cupbearer. And... One of his job duties were to drink samples of what was on the menu for the king to drink. And he didn't do that to check the flavor of the drink, but to find out if there was any poison in the drinks. You've probably heard of stories like that before. And the king had to have absolute trust in Nehemiah to do this. But it was during this time that Nehemiah heard about the deplorable condition that existed in Jerusalem. Even though Nehemiah had never been there, his heart was burdened. And he prayed and he fasted before God about the condition of Jerusalem. And and God began to work in a miraculous way. God opened doors, making a way for Nehemiah, the king's servant, to go to Jerusalem. In addition to that, letters from the king were given to 
Nehemiah for safe passage for the trip back and also for acquiring building materials once he arrived. And when he arrived, one of the first things that he did was to take a look at the work that needed to be done. Even though it was nighttime, he could see that there was a lot of work that was needed. I imagine that it's entirely possible that there was a little moonlight and maybe they carried some light. But even in the darkness and the shadows that uh, would have been what he was looking through and into, he could see the devastation of Jerusalem. I'm sure that many of you here have, have been involved or know someone who's been involved in a home remodel or a home renovation. And you probably know that it takes a lot of work and what a big job it can be. When it comes to home remodel, often you just leave the structure of the existing house intact, but you remove a, a lot of old items such as flooring and and beneath the floor is subflooring, and, and you might run into situations where there's damage to the wood because of moisture, and, and, and the job can, can grow as you start to remove these parts, and you remove cabinets and sinks, even tubs and showers in order to remodel. Sometimes you get to, to a point where you remove the sheetrock off the walls even to uh, do work uh, in the interior of the wall. Our first house that my wife and I bought, we, we worked on it uh, a couple different times, a couple different remodels. And, uh, and I remember, I was thinking back, it was a long time ago, it was 30, over 30 years ago, and and I remember finding some newspaper in the walls from the early 60s. And, and um, it was a little bit of a distraction to me because at that time in the 1990s, um, there was the turmoil in the Middle East and, and um, there was an attack on the country of Iraq. And in the newspaper from the early 60s, I, I read about the, the turmoil in Iraq at that time. It was, it was kind of interesting to me. I remember that. I also found uh, someone had forgot a tool inside the wall, and they left it there and closed up the wall. And, and um, I remember uh, during that time, I started to notice uh, the acronym DIY. And the do-it-yourself is what it stands for. And, and that was becoming more popular. And uh, there were no Home Depots around. There was a, a pay and pack out in our David Douglas neighborhood. And, um, and so my wife and I decided that we would do a lot of the work ourselves. And we'd only been married a few years. And, and as I think back over uh, that experience, I remember how I learned things about my wife that I didn't know, and, and I'm sure that she, she learned things about me, and, and we just got to know each other a, a whole lot better uh, through that process. And, but I remember the, uh, the excitement uh, of, of the project, at the beginning of the project, and um, you have a lot of ideas. We had ideas. 
uh, we had inspiration. And I know that's hard to understand when it comes to remodeling old houses, but, but we actually had inspirations and, and we had this attitude of, yes, we're going to do this ourselves. And it was so much fun to, to shop for countertops and sink fixtures and light switches and paint and the, the list went on and on. And we, we ended up bringing in a contractor and, and, and there was more ideas brought into the, uh, into the remodeling project. And I remember it, it just really appealed to us. And, and we, we had a contractor do some cabinetry work for us. And, and it was just so much fun. As the job progressed, I remember that uh, there was an ebb and a flow to the excitement. And if you've ever done this work, you probably have, have experienced that. You know, there's, there's good days and there's days that are not so good as you uncover uh, additional damage that you had no way of knowing was there because it was hidden. And, and those were kind of down days and, and, and yet you just, we just kept on going. Uh, we just did what it would take to uh, uh, get the job done. I remember when you, when you have plans, we had timelines because of the plans and, and the timeline was sometimes just completely disrupted along with the budget too. And all of that was, was, uh, it seemed like major problems at the time, but in hindsight, it was just really minor issues and, and, um, and we enjoyed, uh, the time that doing that and, and we were really glad that it was done. And, but we've done it many times since then. We did it a couple more times on that house and, and, uh, we've always appreciated the, the results. And when you work on something yourself, you know how that good feeling that you have that I, I did this and, and, um, well, anyway, you, if you haven't experienced it, you might get a chance to, uh, do it sometime. And we also, I remember getting new ideas for, for our next project. And I, I know that our little home remodels that we've done and the work we've done doesn't begin to hold a candle to what Nehemiah faced. But I can't help but think that, that Nehemiah was excited about the work uh, that he had to do that was laid upon his heart by, by God. God had orchestrated events before he even got to Jerusalem. And, and what a... What an encouragement that must have been to the heart of Nehemiah. That probably just elevated his excitement as he, as he trekked those 1,000 miles back to Jerusalem. Uh, he surely he remembered how God had placed a burden on his heart for the city of God, Jerusalem. And, and then he prayed about that burden. And, and then he witnessed the hand of God beginning to work. God worked on the king, too, and, and the king, like Nehemiah, when he offered to help Nehemiah in the way that he did, he also wanted to know, what time are you going to come back? I think the, the king really, uh, really enjoyed having Nehemiah work for him, and he, they, they agreed upon a time when, when Nehemiah would make the trip back uh, to where the king was. But here he is at, at Jerusalem, and he's looking at the project. They say that it's good to visualize the project before you start on it. I, um, and, and I think we get a fair idea of how and, and what Nehemiah thought. 
There were tough times around Jerusalem. Nehemiah was there three days. I think he probably picked up on that right away. Everything was run down, it says. The, the buildings, the walls, the gates. It wasn't a secure area. In addition, there were, there were problems with those who were wealthy and, and people of means, and they oppressed the, those that were poor, and, and it mentioned that those problems existed. In addition to that, there were two men that you read about as you read through this story, Sanballat and Tobiah, and they tried to stop the building project. They did not want to see uh, the walls of Jerusalem built or the gates restored or the city revived or the sacrifices to begin again. They did not want to see that. They were enemies of that project, and, and they were a thorn in uh, Nehemiah's side along with the rest of the people. When Nehemiah uh, met with the people after he took the tour that night, he met to e- explain why he was there. And, and he didn't sugarcoat the problems that he saw. Uh, he described uh, their current situation as distressful. And the city, he just said that it's in ruins. And Nehemiah knew that he couldn't do this task by himself. And he encouraged the people and said, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. I think there was a a spirit upon Nehemiah uh, that the excitement came through and God's spirit was upon him. And he was able to say, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. God's hand is on me, he said. Even the king of Persia is in favor of the work. I came across this verse in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, and it's, it's about encouragement. The prophet said, The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. With God on our side, Nehemiah was saying, we can be encouraged to do this great work. And he encouraged the people. And his encouragement was effective. The people responded and said, let us rise up and build. They just repeated back to him, but they felt it in their hearts. They knew that God was working and they were themselves encouraged by that. And it says they strengthened their hands for this good work. They they just went about immediately uh, getting materials, getting tools, getting whatever was needed uh, to begin the job. They were encouraged. Nehemiah was committed to the work. You know, it pays to be committed to a project. If you go into something half-heartedly, you're more apt to, to give up or take shortcuts or cut corners and, and maybe not even finish the task. But Nehemiah was 110% committed uh, to this work. And that rubbed up off, up on the people, too. And progress was made, the word says. They made good progress. As you read through that story of Nehemiah, there's one chapter that that lists the workers and and the family members that are working right alongside, and it just goes down and lists them, and it gives you the area where they're building, and they were all working together. One thing that stood out to me, there was one father who had a couple daughters that were working with him on the wall, and they were just busy rebuilding that wall. The threats of violence continued against those who worked. Nehemiah uh, had to deal with that. I'm sure that the workers were concerned. 
but they kept on building. Nehemiah had to point uh, guards and soldiers, if you will, with weapons. And even another verse says they worked with tools in one hand and a sword in the other. They were on guard as they worked. It wasn't an easy task, but they, they kept on working. They kept on building. When the enemies saw that dad didn't work, they requested that Nehemiah leave the work site and come off the work site to another location and meet to talk. And they said, come, let us meet together in one of the villages in the plain. But Nehemiah knew that that was not going to work out very well. He says, they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? That's a great attitude. I'm sure employers like to have employees like that. Why should I stop? Because the work will stop. I want to stay and work. And that's what Nehemiah's attitude was and those that were helping him. Nehemiah wasn't going to stop and listen to these naysayers. Not only was Nehemiah and those workers committed, they were also focused on completing what had started. We read in the sixth chapter of Nehemiah, the 15th verse says that the wall was finished in 52 days. That sounds like a pretty fast time. I, I, I'm sure it was as they worked continually and, and God was with them and helped them 52 days to rebuild the wall of, Jerus- the wall of Jerusalem. Some construction projects take longer than that. I'm sure that you know that. Construction on the Basilica de la Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, Spain, began in 1882 under the architect Antoni Gaudi. And it's not done yet. But you know what? They're working on it. He, that architect died in 1926, and it was about 25% done. It is a big project, too, it'll be fair. Uh, and they're still working on it, and they have a tentative completion date of 2026. You know, it's really not how long it takes when we're working for the Lord. It's that we're continuing to build. In the New Testament, we find scripture that's relevant to us about building, not a, not a physical structure, but a spiritual life that is pleasing to God. We read in Acts 20, 32, where, where Paul the Apostle was speaking to the elders of the Ephesian church. He says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. It's not about building fast or slow. It's about building. It's about carrying on with uh, with this project of God working in our life, wanting us to be of use to Him and do things for the Lord. It's about being built up in God's Word and in His grace. We read in Romans where Paul the Apostle kind of continues the, the same thought. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Edification means to to build up. 
and we get the idea that we are supposed to encourage others to help them in their Christian walk. When a brother or sister is is in need, sometimes just a word of encouragement is special and precious. And it encourages the, the one who is in need of encouragement to take heart and to carry on in the gospel. When we encourage someone in this good way, we're helping them build their spiritual house and their spiritual life in the Lord. What are you building tonight? Have you started building for heaven? Ultimately, that's what we're doing. We're building our personal lives on Jesus Christ and, and living in a way that we can rise up when the, should the trumpet sound or if we pass on. Have you started a building yet? First Corinthians tells us that for other foundation can no man lay than is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Are you building on the foundation of Jesus Christ tonight? Are you building on him? His foundation is one that will never move. He is the rock, the cornerstone. We all can see the, the cultural changes and shifts going on all around us, even now. It can be concerning, yes. But did you know that the foundation of Jesus Christ is unmovable? It will not move. Are you building your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ? It's a solid rock. Jesus told the parable about the the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And when the storms came and and beat and vehemently on the dwelling, the house stood because it was built on the foundation, built on the rock. Jesus Christ hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can count on him as an immovable foundation. Are you building tonight? You feel like you're making progress or you feel like you're kind of stalled. You've run into a situation that you're not really too sure how to take care of it. Go to the Lord. Uh, he has the answers. Take encouragement from the, the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was encouraged by the Lord. We can be encouraged tonight by the Lord. Do you know somebody who just needs a a little word of encouragement? Do you know somebody like that? Has the Lord laid it upon your heart and you're thinking, you know, maybe I should say something. Say something. Do that. Reach out and, and make contact with that individual. Encourage them in the Lord. Let them know that you're praying for them. And we need to pray one for another. And God will bless our church as we do that. And he will bless you too. Come and pray.